Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. If you look at the essence of communion, one of the core features of communion is to do with blood. 50 years ago, as a young teenager, I started studying medicine, and for the last half century, I've been fascinated with the human body. And as I've got older, I'm increasingly amazed how the human body can keep together, decade after decade, performing a myriad of tasks to keep our soul living within our bodies. A lot of this has to do with the transport system in our body, which in blood vessels is a substance called blood, something we take for granted, but at the core of our being. 50 years ago, we thought we knew a lot about blood, but there's so many discoveries being made in the last 50 years that blood is amazing and new things are found all the time. When we look at blood, it's made of four main parts. They're red blood cells, which circulate through our body. And as we're sitting here this morning, without even thinking, we're all breathing in air. And amazingly, as that air goes into our lungs, molecules of oxygen get into our bloodstream, are taken up by a molecule called haemoglobin, and that's delivered to every one of the trillions of cells in our body to provide life and to provide nourishment. We have white blood cells circulating in our body, and when we get an infection, those white blood cells of many different sorts will come and fight that infection. In fact, as a surgeon, I remember hearing a famous surgeon who was a Christian say, as a surgeon, we learn how to cut and put things together but it's God who does the healing. And it's the white blood cells that he's put in our body that are part of that healing. We have another part of our blood called platelets. So when we cut ourselves, the platelets rush to the breach in our body, seal it off and allow the blood to stop flowing out of our body so that we can heal. The liquid part of our blood is called plasma. It's full of nutrients and electrolytes and it provides nourishment to each of the cells in our body, whether it be glucose or amino acids for protein, but also removing waste products. So blood brings to us life in the form of nourishment, removal of waste and healing. In fact, one of the central signs of a human being no longer being alive is blood not flowing through a body. As a doctor, we're taught how to declare life extinct. And there are three main items to that. One is the cessation of breathing, The two is the lack of a pulse or blood flowing. And the third is no neurological function where pupils dilate and do not react to light. When we read in the book of Leviticus, God spoke to Moses and it's God that made us. And as I said, on studying the body for the last 50 years, I just cannot believe that this human body that we're given is a series of random chances that happen. There's gotta be a creator behind it to create the complexity and wonderment of the body and the world around us. But in Leviticus 17, God says to Moses, for the life of the body is in its blood. I've given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. So God said to Moses all those thousands of years ago that life is in the blood. He went on to say how the sacrifice of blood is the thing that God required to make us right with him. And right from the earliest days of the Jewish history, sacrificing animals was very much part of receiving salvation and repentance from sins for human beings. 
most cultures in the ancient world adopted that sacrifice system where they would shed blood to purify themselves and it took on all sorts of perversity with sacrificing human beings, drinking blood and the like. But it goes back to God's requirement that blood be shed to make atonement or set us right with God. When Jesus walked the earth 2000 years ago, he only instructed us to perform two sacraments or two things to remember him. The first was baptism. And as we all know, baptism is something we do at the start of our Christian walk, where we go into the water, dying to our old self and rise up with new life that's been put in us by the Holy Spirit. The other one is what we call communion. And Jesus used common things of the day to represent these, water, bread and wine. Why do we do this? Jesus told us to do it, and so that's a good reason to do it. But also it reminds us because we so easily forget. Someone once said that it takes six weeks to make a habit. If we do something every day or regularly for six weeks, it forms a habit and we'll probably continue that indefinitely. The same opposite happens, that it can take us six weeks to forget doing something and we break that habit and get out of the habit of doing it. And the habit that we are to have communion is to do it regularly so that we will remember what Jesus did for us. Jesus appeared to the Apostle Paul at his conversion on the road to Damascus, but we also read how he spent time in a desert, probably with Jesus revealing the great truths of the gospel to him directly. And sometime later, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. So this is Jesus speaking to Paul, speaking to us. On the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. He broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, don't forget, keep doing it. In the same way, he then took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death as he, till he comes again. Paul got this revelation directly from Jesus and it reminds us that the price Jesus paid for our salvation and what our salvation means. For us as believers, it gives us an abundant hope for the rest of our lives on this earth, but onwards into eternity. So as we take the emblem this morning, hopefully you've all got the cup. There's nothing special about this. It's just a representation of some food and drink. Over the millennia, the church has tried to put special emphasis on this, saying that this turned into blood and to body. It's a very hard um, thing to argue that this could do such. Um, this morning, we live in a sort of new age sort of place where gluten intolerance is common, so it's probably not even bread. It's um, some gluten-friendly thing for all of those that are gluten intolerant. Um, I remember church near where I grew up, it was had to be that this was holy, so any wine left over, the priest had to drink. And um, the priest in a nearby town got into trouble for drink driving because he had to drive to the next congregation and there was not as many people turned up for that service as he hoped. Nothing special about it, but it's just to remind us of what Jesus did for us, that he had his body broken on the cross and he shed his blood for us for the remission of our sins. For someone who's had cancer, if they survive five years and there's no sign of that cancer, they're told to be in remission. It's a great word. And the remission means the cancer has been taken away. 
For us this morning, when we drink this, it reminds us that we are in remission of our sin, that our sin has been taken away, and that's what our hope is based on. So now I'd just like you to take the piece of wafer, and as we take it, just remember that God loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us, that his broken body allows us to have new life. So we'll just eat of the wafer now. And thank you, Father, for your incredible love for us. Then I just want you to reflect as we open the next part and drink the juice that Jesus' blood was shed for us so that our sins can be taken away and we can be set right with God, which allows us to enter into all the blessings that come with that, both in this world, of which there are many, but even more in the next when we spend eternity with him. So just as we drink of that, just reflect on that and give thanks. thank you father just for your love the fact that you could have easily written off the human race when we got it so wrong back with adam but you loved us so much that you did send your son and may we never forget maybe remember every time we share this communion together but also every day of our lives and we give you thanks for that in jesus name amen hey again thanks so much for joining us on this podcast Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.